0: I'm gonna tell you all right now, man the past couple of days uh I've just had joy um and uh it man, it is so good to to know that it ain't got nothing to do with me, <laughs> it ain't got nothing to do with things that just happen to be going right in my life, right? It's just because God is good that's that's all it is, it's him that's why it's called the joy of the Lord. Right? Not the joy of Kevin or the joy of my circumstances. It's the joy of the Lord. Amen? All right. Praise God. It's good to be in his house today. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that God is uh, working and moving in your life today. Um, if he's not, he can be. Uh, there ain't nothing stopping him except maybe sometimes us. We, we get in the way sometimes. Uh, but, man, God is faithful. He does not change Uh, The same God that was good in the Old Testament, good in the New Testament, is still good today. And He has not given up on you yet. So, uh, I just want to encourage you today. I I want you to leave here today with a a renewed uh, vision of His joy in your life. And so this morning, uh, we're going to start reading in the book of Exodus chapter 17. So go ahead and turn there if you would. And uh let's go to the Lord in prayer before we get into the message. Father God, we oh Lord, we love you. Lord, we just love you. It is so good to be in your presence. It always is good to be in your presence, God. Lord, I just thank you, Lord, that you're so faithful to show up and and, uh, and just minister to our needs and, and to fill us up, God, from, from being poured out all week. And, uh, man, it's so good to just come back into your presence and to be here with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And Lord, I just thank you for it. It's, it's so wonderful. Thank you for that blessing. And, Lord, as we get into this message today, God, I just pray that you would just take charge. That you'd have your way, Lord, that there wouldn't be anything to hinder what you want to do. Lord, that the enemy is, is definitely trying to offer resistance in this day. Uh, every time I turn around, I see another point of resistance from the enemy. But God, you are greater. And that's all I need to know. You're greater. And so we we give you all recognition today we submit to your authority we we ask lord we invite you just to come and take charge and have your way lord send your anointing right now father in jesus name we pray amen exodus chapter 17 and we're going to start reading in verse 8 Uh, just a quick reminder of what we uh, covered last week Uh, last week The title of the message was Kill All of the Amalekites. And we talked about how because of Saul's disobedience, uh, the Amalekites were just a continual um, plague to the nation of Israel. And I don't know if you remember or not, but I did make mention that this all started before Saul was around, it started when Israel came into the promised land and the Amalekites came along behind them and ambushed the weak and stragglers. And so from that point forward, God Himself had declared war against the Amalekites. And uh, just to kind of continue to sum up what we talked about last week, that, that was a, to, for us today, that is a sign of what we need to do in our life Uh, When when God has commanded something or when God's given us direction through His Word about what sin is, that we need to be sure we completely eradicate it in our life, not just some of it, and then make peace with some of it, and uh, maybe set up a little area over here, a safe place for it, right? We we don't want to do that in our life. We want to completely kill all sin that is there. And so I, I hope today that this week God has been working on you in some of those ways and there's some of those areas of your life maybe that have gone dormant that now it's, it's new light is shining on it. And you're able to say, you know what, that is an area I need to work on. I, I need to kind of tighten things up a little bit over here and eliminate just a little bit more of that sin. Today uh, I titled the message, Keep Your hands up. And we're going to talk today about uh, this, this thing that played out with Moses as he stood on a mountain looking over the battle. And guess what? It involves the Amalekites. So we're going to start reading in Exodus chapter 17 verse 8. Now Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, Choose us some men and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand... Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands became heavy. So they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of of the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this for a memorial in the book and recount it in the hearing of Joshua that I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called its name. uh, In the old King James, it says Jehovah Nissi. And in my uh, new King James, it goes ahead and translates that to the Lord is my banner. For he said, because the Lord has sworn, the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. All right. So I like to just cut to the chase. I'm not one to beat around the bush. All of y'all that have known me any length of time know that's the case. Um, So I like to understand when I read Scripture, I want to know not only what it meant then, but I want to know what it means to me now. Because that's where it's really important, right? It's important to know history. It's important to understand context. It's important to understand the true meaning of words. But at the end of the day, if I don't know how to apply that in my life right now, it don't do me a lick of good, right? And so I need to know today what I can get out of this passage. And what I want to share with you out of this is that particular scene where Moses is standing on the mountain with his hands in the air, holding the rod of God out over this battle. Now, uh, I want you today to equate raising those hands, because I really believe this is what Moses was doing anyway, with prayer. I believe Moses was up there not just holding the stick out and holding his arms up, but I believe it was during that time that he was seeking the Lord and praying that God would be with the Israelites as they go into battle. And he would grow weary, he would grow tired, and if any of y'all just hold your hands up for a little while, it don't take long for those muscles to start to give out. I don't care what kind of shape you're in. When I was in the army, we used to have to do this thing called rubber ducks. That nobody liked rubber ducks. Rubber ducks was, uh, we had these training uh, M16s that were made out of rubber. They look just like an M16. They're the same size, but they're made out of rubber. Because, let's face it, you don't want a bunch of idiot privates out there with real weapons, (laughs) right? Because they're going to drop them. They're going to do all kinds of stuff. So they give you these rubber ones to train your drilling ceremonies with. And so when you did something wrong, you would have to do rubber ducks. In rubber ducks, you would have to take that thing and hold it straight out like this. And then if you did something really wrong, they would, I ain't going to do it because I'd probably fall. They'd make you get down and squat and then walk back and forth, squat it down, holding these things out. Y'all, the, the standing there holding it out is bad enough because it don't take long. Man, you'll see people all there doing all kinds of stuff just trying to keep that thing in the air. And I share that with you today because I want you to have a visual of what Moses is doing. Moses is is trying to pray over this this army as they're fighting and he's holding out this rod of God. I want you all to remember that rod. This is the one that he held out over the Red Sea and it parted. This is the one that he used to call all of those plagues down on Egypt. This is the one that God gave him as a sign that he was with him. All right? So there he is. He's doing the best he can. But human physiology comes into play, and those hands start to fall. He's trying. There comes a point you just can't no more. It reads read you from uh, one of the commentaries I was studying in. The best of men grow remiss in prayer. Their hands are weak and hang down through the corruptions of their hearts, the power of unbelief, the temptations of Satan, and want of immediate answers of prayer, or through long delays of it. And then the enemy gets an advantage over them. We often start out with fervency. On fire. God, we want You to move. God, we we know what Your Word says and we believe You're faithful and, and so we know You're going to move, God. But things start to happen along the way, y'all, as our, as we go through that process of seeking God and praying. And, and, you know, sometimes it don't take long. All of a sudden, you start to get weakened. You know? Uh, sometimes... Uh, maybe temptations come in. Maybe it's just distractions, things that kind of take your mind off of where it ought to be. Maybe it's, like you said, uh, uh, it seems like God's not answering that delay that we perceive sometimes, which is really God doing the work that needs to be done, we just don't see it yet. Uh, Maybe it's that delay that starts to chip away at our faith and, and unbelief sets in. Now I want you to see the connection to Moses standing on that hill and, and we're about to get to where we're really going today. Moses is trying. He wants his hands in there. But sometimes, man, it just overcomes you and you've got to drop them for a while. Let some blood flow back into them. Shake them around a little bit and then, alright, I'm going to hit it again. But I don't know if y'all have ever done this, but uh, usually the second time is less than the first. And the third is less than the second. And the fourth is less than the third. And, and it you go shorter and shorter time periods. But here is the important thing I really want you to grasp today. And this is where the church of the living God needs to dwell. This is what rock we need to stand on, y'all. He had two other people standing there with him. Mm. While were Aaron and her there, I don't know. It doesn't record the conversation that, took on, that went before that. We don't see Moses going to Aaron and her and say, hey, y'all I need you. We don't see Moses starting out by himself and Aaron and Hur come running along saying, Hey, we're going with you. We don't see any of that. We just know they were with them. All right? Here's the important thing. The important thing is not why they got there or how they got there. The important thing is that they were there. In a time of need, they were there. When Moses was trying to pray, he was trying to trust God. He was looking for God to move, and God was moving. In his weakness, they were there. When the need arose, they saw it, and they were there with him. They didn't leave. When it got to the point Moses couldn't stand on his own, one of them went and got a rock to set him on. There's a whole lot of symbolism there I want you to hear. <laughs> you see, they didn't just come under him and say, we got you. Because you know what? They'd get tired too. They set him on a rock. Why? Cause that rock ain't moving, y'all. That rock ain't going nowhere. And you hear me today, children of God. We need to be on the rock. I know that's a very simplistic ideal, but nevertheless, it is just as important that we understand that we must be founded on the rock When we come to a place where we are praying, where we are seeking God for whatever it is, we need to ensure that we are founded on the rock, not on shifting sand. We need to be sure that we've got those around us that are able to help and support us. Listen to me, y'all. I don't know how Aaron and her got there, but they were there. I don't know if Moses invited them or if they took it upon themselves, but they were there. And as we look around us today, us as children of the Most High need to be looking for our brothers and sisters and say, are they in need? Are they on the rock? Or have they shifted? Are their hands starting to drop? Is there a great need in their life that we need to come alongside and, and help bolster them? Where are we at today? Man, as I look at this, I guarantee you it didn't take long before Moses was glad that Aaron and Hur were with him. Y'all, that statement right there sums up the message today. (laughs) if you've ever been alone, going through a tough time, you know it is miserable. And you know when somebody does come alongside you how relieving it is. All of a sudden, the weight you've been bearing, the burden you've been carrying is a whole lot lighter. It got to a point, y'all look, let's look back. It says there, in verse 12, Moses' hands became heavy. So they, not Moses, Moses kept on on what he was doing. Moses kept praying, trying to hold his hands up. they took a stone and put it under him. I can just see. I I have to visualize these things. I'm a very visual person. I can just see one of them going and rolling the stone over there, getting it positioned just right and saying, okay, Moses, you can sit down right now. It's ready. This isn't one of those times where you go jerk the chair out from under somebody, right? No, he's pushing it up there and getting it set just right. All right, Moses, sit down. Come on. We're going to keep you up. We're going to help you. We're going to get you through this. We're, we're, going to, we're on your side, Moses. We're with you in this. You're not alone. You're not alone. I've got you. And he sat on it. And Aaron and her supported his hands. Y'all, look. It got to a point. Moses didn't even have to use a muscle. Huh? He wasn't... He wasn't worried about falling down no more. He's on a stone. The rock's under him. The rock wasn't shifting and moving. And now he don't even have to hold his arms up no more. He's just got to be there, he's just got to keep praying. He's just got to keep trusting the Lord because he's got two others alongside him holding on to him. I've got it, Moses. And look, now I'm in a position I can pull you into me and we can do this. I can stand here forever like this. Moses, I've got you. They took him from a place of weakness. Stretched out, standing up. To a place of strength. A place that is solid. Do y'all see that? That There's not a lot of strength stretched out like this. But you put me down on a stone that don't wiggle around. Huh? And you, you come over here and hold my arms up. Man, we can do this all day. It says that it was till the going down of the sun. All day long they stood there like that. Y'all, I don't know what kind of needs you have in your life. I I don't know what you're going through right now. But what I do know is that God is that rock. He is that rock. His Word is good enough to support you. Huh? And listen... I want you to know, I'm saying this from myself, and I guarantee you there's others here today that will say the same thing. I will be Aaron or her for you. We, as, a, as the children of God, this family that we always claim that we have, need to be looking and saying, do I have a brother that's stretched out right now? Do I have a sister that is in need of sitting on the rock? Do I have somebody that I can come alongside, pull them in close and say, I got you. You don't have to worry. I'm holding you up right now. I'm going to tell you right now, to know sometimes just that people are praying is enough to get you through. Sometimes to know that this ain't just lip service when we say we're praying, but we're really praying, is enough to get you through. I'll share two more passages with you before we close. Galatians chapter 6. Verse 1 says, Brethren, you see, this ain't just about somebody's got a need, okay? It goes a whole lot deeper than that. If we're going to link ourselves with each other and call ourselves family, it goes a lot deeper than just, oh, I've got you when it's a time of need. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself lest you also be tempted. See, this has got to deal with, with people that have kind of slipped away too. You know how easy it is to just write folks off? Say, well, at least we ain't got that problem no more. Right? Except that Sister Kay explained it one time to me, and man, that just it kind of just hit me at my core. She said, you have to decide. Do you want to uh, farm butterflies or do you want to farm worms? Because we, we think about the butterfly, right? How pretty it is. Oh, look at it just floating around, right? But the truth is, if you want to do anything with worms, you're going to get dirty. Right? And, and y'all, I'm, I'm here to tell you today that the Christian life, walking as a child of God, gets dirty. There are times in our life when we are not where we ought to be. And if as a child of God, as your brother in Christ, if I'm going to come alongside you, it gets dirty. It's hard work. It's not pleasant a lot of times. And and so when we commit to someone that, hey, I got you, that ain't just when things are bad in their life and they need somebody to lift them up in prayer. It might mean they have slipped away and somebody needs to go get them. Look at verse two there. Bear one another's burdens. And so fulfill the law of Christ. Love your neighbor as yourself. Bear one another's burdens. You can't bear somebody's burdens if you ain't paying attention to it. I heard a guy speak yesterday. Man, it, it really convicted me. He had been through a rough time in 2019. And you know most of the things he testified of how, how he had been through these tough times and how God had moved, I knew about most of them. It wasn't but maybe one or two I didn't know about. And he had probably five or six. The thing that, <clears throat> the thing that really <clears throat> convicted me was the fact that I knew about them. But I didn't really encourage him much in that. I might have said a prayer or two here and there. But I knew my brother was hurting. I knew he was going through a tough time. And he might have just needed one person to come along and say, Man, I got you. Let's pray, brother. Let's pray. I, I've got you. And that might have been a thing right there that would have just really made his day. It might have been the thing that he needed. Now, obviously, he had some folks praying with him. But why wasn't I praying with him? Bear one another's burdens. You know what you have to do in order to do that? You have to kind of take your eyes off of your own burdens and trust that somebody's going to come help you bear those. If I'm going to help somebody else, I can't be too focused on mine. Now let's go down to verse 9 and 10. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Now, I don't want y'all to use verse 10 as an excuse, because I do as well. Uh, that as we have opportunity does not mean just when something just happens to fall in your lap and oh, this is a good chance right here. No, it means you ought to be looking. You ought to be looking for your brother or sister that's hurting and saying, here's a good chance right here. I'm on the watch. I don't know why Aaron and her were with Moses, but they were. Y'all hear me today, church. Church. They were with Him. Are you with them today? Do you know those that are hurting around you and you're seeking them out, saying, I'm going to be with you. I don't know where you're going or or what's going to happen when we get there, but I have got you. Look for them. Man, there's people hurting all around us and and we tend to turn a blind eye sometimes. Oh, we hear the prayer request and we, we say a prayer. But y'all, Aaron and her wasn't there to pray. I don't see no mention of Aaron and her praying. That maybe they were. I don't know. They were there for support. They were there to encourage. Man, let's not miss that. It's good to pray. We need to be going before the throne of grace. I'm not trying to slow you down on that. But let us not forsake our, our assembling together. Let us not forget our brothers and sisters sometimes just need a good word. Sometimes they need to be reminded of the rock that is under their feet. Therefore, as we have opportunity, man, let's look for opportunities. You know, every time I have done that, and and man, I'll be the first to tell y'all, I tell off on myself all the time, I'm not great at it. But every time that I've kind of stepped out of my comfort zone just a little bit and asked somebody, just kind of pushed just a little bit, like, man, you doing okay? Okay. You sure you're all right? You know what they do? Nine times out of ten, they are waiting on somebody to ask them. They might, they might give you that standard pat answer the first time, oh, everything's okay. But they're just waiting on somebody to press a little bit because they are burdened. They are weighed down. And man, they would love nothing more than to shuck that load off They'd love nothing more than for the prayers that they're praying to be answered and for things to be made right in their life. They'd love nothing more than for somebody just to come alongside them and say, man, I'm with you. I got you. Y'all, I'm going to open these altars up this morning. I don't know the best way to do this. I'm not great at organizing this stuff ahead of time. But uh, if you've got a need... uh. We'll pray with you. I guarantee you there's some folks right here that will come down here and be Aaron and her for you. They'll come alongside you and just lift you up. I don't need to know your need unless you want to share it. Don't, don't, don't let it stop you is what I'm trying to say. If it's one of them private, personal things you just really don't want to talk about, that's fine. I just I want to be with you. I want to hold you. I want to lift you up and and let the Lord come and just wash over you and fill you with joy, knowing that you are founded on the rock, knowing that your brothers and sisters are here for you. If you're here today, it's open right now. If you're here today and you're hurting and you need somebody, you come down here and let's pray. If you're here today and you're saying, "Man, I'm good, but I want to be there for somebody right now, come on down here and wait on them.